Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing the new Netflix film, Don't Look Up. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for Don't Look Up? This should sure. be entertaining. <laughs> Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Okay. So, in sweet tradition, for one sentence summaries for Don't Look Up. Yeah, mine is, humanity is screwed. <laughs> Our classic three-word summary is back <laughs> from Sarah Callen herself. <laughs> You know, just just trying to be consistent over here. Mm-hmm. There's so many dimensions to that one sentence mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Both from the comet, <laughs> from our inability to work together. Yeah. yeah, it has layers. Okay. My one sentence summary is, this movie is like getting slaps in the face from the harmless tale of one of those kid blow-up T-Rex Halloween costumes. <laughs> I wrote this summary and I'm just like, I hope this makes to so- makes sense to someone other than myself, but this is just how I feel after this movie ended. That's You're kind of laughing. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of <laughs> uncomfortable, but it's fine. It's all one big blubbering mess. <laughs> well right. done. So what were your initial thoughts of Don't Look Up? Um... That's a good question. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I I did not enjoy this movie. Um, okay. I think that uh, we just don't know what satire is anymore. And uh, this is a really <laughs> bad example of satire. Um, I think that there were moments of humor, but, um, you know, the, the characters were largely pretty boring and uninteresting um i think a lot of it uh like it they tried to explore some really interesting and i would even say like important themes in this film but i don't think that they explored any of them well and um it just kind of felt at the end of the day like um just just this like mean-spirited poking fun at everything but like not even in a funny way it it, it almost <laughs> felt like like we were just like on the inside of a joke about somebody else but it wasn't even like a good joke I, I don't know mm. like it just it felt like this self-righteous mess of a movie that I didn't have a good time watching and and again like I I think I think there's a lot of important things in here. I think that there was a lot of potential here. And I can see how mm-hmm. this is the type of film that makes a lot of sense for a person like Adam McKay to make. But I I don't think that that he did a good job with it. And I think that that ultimately detracts from what he was actually trying to do with this film, um, which is really a shame. So I just, again, like it's one of those where I could see the potential but at the end of the day I just felt disappointed by it and it just it was it was too long it was (laughs) self-righteous it wasn't a fun time and it 
tried to say too many things about too many things so that nothing actually seemed important and there was no message to like really walk away from this with other than everybody sucks and we're all dying. <laughs> so great. There wasn't anything more meaningful beyond that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. This wasn't yeah. a memorable film. Um, it didn't make you think about the things that you were just laughing at, which I think is what can be useful and powerful about comedy and satire specifically. This feels very heavy handed. Uh, there were moments of this where I had a lot of fun. I think overall, it, it just it's 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 almost like this really big sketch that lasts very very long. Mm-hmm. Um, that are making fun of all of these figures and people that we know about in um, these key industries like politics and technology and, and pop culture as well. Um, overall, I would say I had a decent amount of fun going through it, like just the little references here and there and the digs, but it almost feels like um, uh, a train wreck that you can't look away from. You know what I mean? Like it's super heavy handed. There's these big stars that are doing the mostest in this movie. Um, So you're you're engaged on that level. But uh, I think this film tackles a lot of big topics and could have done it in a much more uh, smart and sharp way. And it doesn't really do that. So overall, I feel kind of mixed about it. Um, it It was a decent enough time going through it, but it doesn't leave you with much afterwards. It's a little bit empty afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to describe it, which is really unfortunate because I mean, there's a lot in this, and and Adam McKay is such an interesting filmmaker, and he always has a ton to say. Um, but this time, it just felt like he took every thought that is in his head and just shoved it all onto the screen, and that does not make for a good movie. <laughs> unfortunately Mm -hmm. um even if a lot of his points are really valid and are things that that we need to pay attention to and need to be discussion discussing and need to have our focus but it was just way too much and it felt very scattered and unfocused like which uh, i i know it was about this comet destroying earth but there were also all of these like peripheral things that he also brought in that I feel like detracted from the main message instead of actually taking the time to enhance all of it. So yeah, I just, this should have been better and it, it could have been better, but it's just, it's, it's just another Netflix film, you know, (laughs) it's, it's entertaining enough so that you'll watch it, but it's actually mm-hmm. not memorable enough to actually like stay with you or lead to any substantial change. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't think anyone's changing their behavior or their, their perspectives too <laughs> Definitely much after not. this. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I feel very mixed about is there, as you mentioned, there are moments where this film really has things to say and, uh, maybe we can dive into some of them because I think those are the moments where it it's like this, this glimpse into what this film could have been. And um, those moments of, of truth or clarity that feel very resonant with where we're at right now. So the, the moment that comes to mind that I was really struck by is 
when uh, Leo's character, um, what's his name, Dr. Mindy, is mm-hmm. on the television show um, and he it's the second time when he's on. He's by himself. He's not with um, – Jennifer Lawrence's character, and he says he's he's like exploding with with emotion. And he says, "Why can't we just talk to each other?" And this is after there's all this uh, commentary and rage on the internet about whether or not the theories about the comet are true or not. And that that line and the way he delivers that line just like is kind of stuck in my brain. And could have been a moment amidst all the comedy and all the kind of like ridiculousness and the chaos to really like make the viewer think about the state of the world that we in are now. And I think there's a lot of truth in what he's saying. There's, there's so much that is clouding our ability to really just hear the other side's perspective. And the movie tackles a lot of that with the, the group of people that are on the side of don't look up and the group of people on the other side that are on the, um, with, you know, with the perspective of just look up and kind of trying to get that message out there. And, neither side is able to really discourse with each other in a meaningful way and um, have real conversation and kind of his desperation in that moment I I felt and those those were like one of the few moments where I'm like wow this this movie has things to say it's kind of lost in the the chaos but there are these moments of clarity that I think could have could have been really impactful mm-hmm. yeah that was a really good moment and the the one that has really like stuck with me is is at the end when they're kind of like going around the table and saying I think what they were grateful for and uh, Kate says I'm grateful we tried and Mm. the way that Jennifer Lawrence delivered that line was so powerful which I I wish that the character of Kate had been better and like more fully fleshed out like Jennifer Lawrence does a great job with what she was given but she was given nothing to work with but anyway I digress she puts so much emotion and so much heart and so much meaning in that one line and it's uttered as somebody who has given her all to try and make a difference in the way that she could and so I, I think that there like that that line to me was so sobering and so like heartfelt and I mean I also know what that feels like on a much smaller level of like Mm -hmm. I've done what all all that I can do you know we've done all that we can do we tried and that's as good as it gets so I think that that was a a rare moment in this film that that just it was impactful whereas most of the rest of it was just like light and fluff and attempts at humor that didn't always land so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I think this that when this movie starts to work for me is towards the end when the characters have a little bit more depth and they're not just playing caricatures of these uh archetypes that we can make fun of you know Kate being the the Gen Z super angsty um super emotional type or um, Leo playing that like classic middle-aged white man archetype when they begin to have a little bit more depth I don't know maybe this is just the type of like movie goer and movie viewer that I am but I, I feel like there's a lot more to grasp onto and there's almost a, a greater tenderness and the movie moves from like a rage fest to 
really being grounded in like these human emotions that we can feel connected with. And I think there's comedies that are able to to get us to that place, but still be lighthearted and fun. It doesn't have to be this serious emotional moment with them, but that you start to feel like they're a fully realized human being and not just a a caricature that's being uh, put into a certain situation and a comedic situation to play a certain role and deliver a certain amount of jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have that moment, but I'm glad that you did. <laughs> I love that for you. Um, I, I think for me, yeah, and 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 I, I, the first time that I watch a film in particular, I don't connect with it emotionally. So like, I never really like expected myself to like emotionally connect with anything to do with this film. But I, I think the way that I was viewing it, like I'd see these little moments where like, okay, that that's pretty brilliant. So like even in the beginning, um, when Kate discovers the comet and then they start doing the math and they realize like, holy crap, this is going to kill us all. You know, seeing the the foil of Kate and Dr. Mindy's reactions. And then as you bring more people into this knowledge, you see all like this interesting like mix of all of these different reactions to this literally earth shattering news. And I thought that that was so brilliant. The way that this, this, this problem, this setup for the whole film is, is laid out because it's, it's not just these two people who are trying to figure this out, but we get to see how this impacts everybody. And we get to see the personalities of all of these characters. And we learn so much about them just based off of this one reaction that they have to this comment. So there were moments like that where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's actually really brilliant writing. But then it's it's followed by just, like you said, like this really long sketch that just didn't land and just didn't seem to be going anywhere. So I think that's maybe what I was most frustrated about is it was inconsistently good writing. And I had to kind of slog through some like SNL reject characters in order to get to more brilliant writing. (laughs) Yes. I wonder if part of the challenge with this type of format and this style is having to stretch it across the two hours. Like I think there's a a version of this, but this premise that could have been really interesting with like a 10 minute, 15 minute segment. You know what I mean? It's almost like they tried to make every moment funny and we didn't need every moment to be funny. So cut the bad jokes, leave the great ones in there. The little like, you know, Jonah Hill, like swishing around his green juice. I loved that. That little detail is just so spot on for that character type. But when every moment is like that, inevitably, like they're not all going to be funny in it. So it just feels like you're getting bombarded with jokes that some of them land, some of them really don't land. I think had they been a little bit more lean, this could have been more effective. Um, almost like it was just a little bit overstuffed with all of the the comedy that they were trying to to include in there oh absolutely yeah yeah one of the biggest things about comedy is timing and this film had no sense of timing at all and so like you said it was just like (laughs) one bad joke after another I'm like okay I can only handle so much of this but I I I think it is too long it's two hours and I think 20 minutes like this should have been 90 minutes long 
again, we have yeah. another movie that should have been an hour and a half long. And it was almost an hour longer than that. And so the fact that this is 50 minutes longer than it should have been, and the material is not great, makes it even harder to get through. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes with yeah. there can be scenes that can just be transitional absolutely position yes. or setting the context for the next scene and mm-hmm. then you hit us with a good joke you know i thought the whole ariana grande singing the just look up song i got a kick out of that you know like include the little moments there for us uh to really relish in and then you know the rest can, can just be you know the tension building up to the next moment Mm-hmm. And I think the the other part about comedy that's really, really interesting is you also need to have dark moments or you need to have sad moments like you. Obviously, you're not going to be like this isn't going to be like some moody drama, obviously, mm-hmm. but you do need to have that counterbalance. And some of the best comedies also have you know, those, those sad moments or those difficult moments to, to balance it out. Cause if it's all happy, if it's all jokes all the time, then there's, it, there's no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not balanced. It, It feels wrong, you know? So you're not going through, you're not able to appreciate the humor because you haven't gone through the, the more difficult emotions. And so I think there were some opportunities here for that really to happen, but instead the hard moments are almost like glossed over or and or a joke is made out of them when it would have been probably better for us to sit in that negative emotion for a little bit and mm-hmm. then the resolution at the end would would make it more impactful for us as the viewers. Yep. We're kind of drinking from the fire hose, this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 This is the type of movie that, like, I would need to ha- be tipsy for to, like, enjoy <laughs> with more fully. You know what I mean? Like, See, you maybe know? that's our problem. Like, this is a movie <laughs> you either got to have a have a beer with you or you got to take an edible or, like, something. Right? <laughs> or you just get, like, a rowdy bunch of people and, like, other mm-hmm. people laughing so you're just like, Oh yeah, this is such a fun time. <laughs> I do think that was one thing that I was thinking about while watching this. Like mm-hmm. this to me is less of a Netflix movie. It's it's the quality of a Netflix film, let me be right. clear. But this is a movie that you'd want to watch in theaters because I could see this like, oh, the whole theater erupts and that's contagious and so then I probably would have had a better yes. time rather than me sitting alone in my apartment, on my couch, <laughs> watching this movie. Like, it wasn't as mm-hmm. enjoyable alone. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. There's movie experiences that I've had with comedies. Booksmart comes to mind where I'm like, I honestly would not enjoy that on my own. But, like, I had a decent time in a theater with everyone else and the person next to me that, like, found it hilarious. So, you know, like, I'm along for the journey. Mm. It's so true. It's so true. Also, also that this, explains this- my issue with Booksmart because I tried to watch that by myself in my apartment on my couch and I did not finish that movie. So maybe that was my issue. I needed to watch it in theaters rather than alone. Okay. That explains a lot. (laughs) Yep. And it's weird because watching that movie, I had that distinct thought. Like I probably wouldn't find this funny alone, but like, all right, we'll just go along with it in the theater. It's, it doesn't make logical sense. If you think about it, why is it funny in the theater? Just because everyone else is laughing. Mm -hmm. Is this like unconscious social pressure? 
yeah, laughter is contagious. It's just, it's one of those I things. <laughs> <laughs> like this doesn't make sense. It's not logical. <laughs> well, um, just go with it. Just, just ride the laughter wave, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that explains also part of my experience with this movie, which is that I hated the first 20 minutes of this. I honestly hated it. Mm, it was painful. I felt awkward and, uncom- and uncomfortable and I just felt out of place and it was not great. But I think at the 20 minute mark, I was like, all right, this is this is what it is. I'm going to embrace it. This is what we're here for. I'm going to settle in. Let's go. And I think that made the next uh, two hours a, a little bit more enjoyable, but it was a little bit difficult, like getting settled into the movie, which is something that I don't normally uh, experience with most movies. I'm usually like a few minutes in, like, all right, we're on the journey. But this one took a little bit of time to warm up to and settle into that, that maybe it's that headspace of what this movie is trying to do. Um, it's a very specific, uh, style and a very specific type of comedy as well. So I think it was, there was like a mental adjustment. This maybe not what I was expecting or whatever, but it took a little bit of time for me to really warm up to the movie and kind of embrace it for what it was. I hated the first 20 minutes of this. I, I also wonder how the, uh, the, the editing of this impacted that. Because it's, yes. it's so many quick cuts and then like just like randomly in the middle of a sentence will go to an entirely different scene. So like yes. it's just constant cutting and it's hard to really, you know, feel like you're anchored in anything because you're just going back and forth between all of these things. So I wonder if that that contributed and it, it just took you a while to get used to just almost this frenetic nature of filmmaking that. Adam McKay does a hundred percent. Yes, the cut, the way this is edited, definitely contributed to that because there's certain conversations that are not even side conversations or insignificant small talk conversations. They feel like they're gonna amount to something, and you're gone to the next moment. And that was a little bit jarring, I think. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that contributed a lot. I think it, the the amount of quick cutting. Uh, kind of tones down in the middle section and then picks up again in the end as well. So I think by the end, I was already used to it. But the beginning, there's a lot of quick cuts. I think, again, we're also not very anchored in any of the characters. I don't even think we get a clear read of them in the first 20 minutes of it. So there's like that piece of it too. It's like trying to figure out like, who are these people that I'm supposed to be following? Yeah. And I think that's just an issue with the film in general. I don't think that any of these characters were really fully (laughs) thought out. So it was hard for me to get to know any of them. So it's a it's a very event-driven plot, which is fine. Some of those are great. Um, but we, I don't know, it was just hard to follow these characters through all of these things. I think we were supposed to care about the characters, but I didn't. Um, I, I don't even know, now that I'm thinking about it, that I was all that concerned about this comet destroying the world. Like, I don't... I, when I watch a movie like like Armageddon or like something like that that is in this vein of oh my god the, <laughs> the earth is going to be destroyed mm-hmm. you know you feel the stakes of it and it's like oh crap this is a real problem like whoa we need our heroes to solve it and in this uh I didn't feel that weight 
even though it was said over and over and over again, the world's going to die. Like, why won't you listen to us? I, I don't know. I was never all that concerned. I don't, which I'm assuming is not how Adam McKay and everybody wanted viewers to feel. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think the tone of this, this film probably was not what they were, they were going for. I don't know. It, I, yeah. I, I think that they wanted us to like be so invested and see the destruction of our planet and then go, Oh my gosh, we, we have a problem and we need to actually like solve all of these various crises that we're currently facing. But instead I walked away just going, Oh man, that sucks. Like, Whoa, humanity sucks. We're all screwed. Yep. Like, yep. I don't, I don't think that was the intended takeaway, but that's what I walked away with. <laughs> this movie has such an incredibly pessimistic view of humanity. It's so true. Uh-huh. I left feeling the same way. Yeah. And I think that also was, un- I, I mean, maybe that's the point that he's trying to make. I get it. But there's, there's usually something in comedy that's, that that's dark in that way that feels um, accessible. And this one just felt like an emotion I didn't want to embrace at all. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh, yeah. I don't want to welcome this rage and this perspective on humanity into my psyche. Um, and I think with other types of comedy that address like that same kind of like uh, way of illuminating our, our and opening our eyes to issues or challenges or whatever, there's there's something that um, kind of hooks in and that we are open to receiving and then chewing on and r- grappling with and it's memorable and we are thinking about it days later. And this one felt like um, just a, a nasty view of humanity that I didn't want to adopt. I don't know how to describe it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with the nasty view of humanity. You know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in, in humans doing the right thing at this point. So I, I think I share a lot of the sentiments that maybe Adam McKay does and that he's trying to express in this. And um, I, I get the hopelessness and the rage and the frustration. Like I, I get that. And anytime I, I watch the news or like see something about what's going on in the world, like I feel all of those things, but I, I don't think that any of those emotions were harnessed in a meaningful way to actually help us as an audience move forward. It, it, what it really felt like to me was like, okay, so like we we're all feeling this way. We're all seeing everything that's going on in our world right now. So we're just going to make fun of it all and then make ourselves feel better. Like, that's almost what it felt like to me, which, like, left me with a really, really gross feeling walking away from it, as opposed to a film that could have, you know, been satirical about all of it. Because there's a lot of ridiculous stuff that's happening in our world right now that should be made fun of. But then to walk away with this, like, but we can do a better way. We can we can change things. We can do things differently or or even it doesn't even have to be that hopeful, but I don't know, just a little less mean. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I, I feel 
I think I, f- I get what you're putting down, which is that <laughs> there's something about this that felt judgmental and, and it yeah. felt like it was at a distance yep. versus being intimate with the subject matter and still able to make fun of it in kind of a, a little bit more of a, a warm way. And I, I don't, and it's interesting because I would have to take more time to think about why it's, why it is that this feels like it's standing at a distance from its subject and making fun of it from afar versus other types of comedy that, that, that are employing similar tactics, but feel a little bit more like it's embracing it and uh, it's a little bit more warm and intimate. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what it is that's about that's like that. And the thing is a lot of the judgments that this movie I think is making on the way that things are today aren't necessarily wrong. And I think that's also what makes it kind of challenging to swallow is that there's a lot that feels resonant and feels like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that is how it is. But it's, it's, it somehow has created this distance between us and that subject matter instead of like bringing us up close to it and, and kind of bringing us together with it. And, and I don't, I wonder what it is about the way that all these pieces are working together in this movie that makes it feel like there's this distance and this judgment that's being kind of tossed over the fence versus being up close and personal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think distance is a really good way to put it. And I'm always going to go back to the writing. So here I go, going back to the writing. Um, (laughs) I, I think that if we had had, uh, some three-dimensional characters and this was a character-driven story, it would be very, very different because it, it's making me think of um, the show Veep. Oh, interesting. And um, Veep is just all about it's government. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's wildly yes. inappropriate, but it's so good. But like all of these characters are so interesting and we spend so much time getting to know them and because we're invested in the character, then, you know, we're in it with them and we, we see the ridiculousness for what it is. So I, I wonder if Don't Look Up had had stronger characters um, that, that were following through this rather than it being all about, you know, this ridiculous response to this comet that's coming. If it had been like, okay, we're going to follow these two and not these 800 characters, just these two <laughs> and see everything that they're going through. Cause then we're, we're in the system with them. And so we're seeing the ridiculousness from their perspective rather than almost being some like outside observers who are seeing all of these different facets of society reacting to this problem I don't know if that would have helped but Mm -hmm. that's my first thought we needed an anchor to to ride this roller coaster with yeah I mean honestly the two Mm -hmm. main characters in this movie also suck I didn't like them they were the worst they were not endearing or likable at all um I think the moment maybe that's why the moment where um Dr. Mindy has that line and you begin to see his desperation and kind of his you know, you can't even call it a redemptive arc, but whatever. Um, when he says like, why can't we just talk to each other? There's this finally this moment where you're like, oh, I can relate to you. Like, yeah. But beforehand, they both suck. <laughs> Dr. Mindy's mm-hmm. freaking cheating on his wife. He's yeah. kind of like bumbling around. Um, 
and maybe maybe there were parts of both of those two characters that we were supposed to empathize with and feel connected with. You know, I I don't know. They they mm-hmm. both kind of are outsiders. Um, they have these these weaknesses or flaws, whether physical or mental, that we, in theory, should be able to relate to. But for some reason, for most of the movie, they're pretty unlikable. And so, yeah, we never have that Mm -hmm. vehicle into this world. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, for me, the most relatable thing about Kate was that she was so caught up in the general who charged them for snacks. And that got me every time she brought it back up again. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I would be caught up on that detail too. This is amazing. (laughs) So that was the only thing that I liked about her. But again, like I just, I wish that she had been more fully developed, especially because Jennifer Lawrence was playing her. Like, gosh, just give her some better material to work with and she will give you a phenomenal film. But I I think also with Dr. Mindy, I, I wish what they would have done is that they would have given us a a moment of hesitation before he cheated on his wife. I think that that would have helped a lot with us empathizing with that character because he just jumps right into bed with Kate Blanchett's character. <laughs> There's not even a second of hesitation. Mm-hmm. And so that made me really hate his character, which I wasn't supposed to hate him, I'm assuming. But then also it detracted from that last scene because his wife just takes him back. And I'm going, but he didn't even question cheating on you. And he chose her over you without even fighting for you. Like, why are you letting him back in? So Mm -hmm. I I think that moment, like if it had been even just a brief struggle, even if like Kate Blanchett's character had kissed him and then he like backed away and was like oh my gosh like I'm married I can't do this and then he jumped into bed with her like even that would have helped but because we didn't have that it detracted from the character and then it made the redemptive arc just not feel as warm and fuzzy as it was supposed to no yep I completely agree yeah he was an asshole the entire time the worst I will make the argument that the only endearing, lovable, sweet character in this movie is Timothy Chalamet's character. <laughs> He's so endearing in this movie. I want to hang out with him. Like, He's so charming and he's got this little edge, but he can also be vulnerable. He was just the sweetest little thing. And I also just love Timothy Chalamet with this like little backwards hat and this like skater vibe. I was here for it. <laughs> He's in this movie so little though, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> See, I was just wondering the whole time, like, Timothy, what are you doing in this movie? Like, why are <laughs> yes. you here? I mean, I hope that he was he made good money from the I mean, he would have mm-hmm. to because he's Timothy Chalamet, but I just I want so much more for him. And like that's fine. If you want to be some like random dude for like 5 minutes in a movie, dude, you make your money. More power to you. But the whole time I was just going, why are you in this movie? This doesn't make any sense to me at all. I thought he would have a bigger role, but he really doesn't. He in doesn't. This movie. It's like 5 minutes. <laughs> yes. You could have swapped it out with some random mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. The, he's got the whole skater look going on. It, it works. Did. The like angular features, it all works so well. Oh, yeah, totally. He did a great job. I mean, we would expect nothing it less, but it just I, it did not make dollars. sense to me. That's, that's 
<laughs> this helps is the marketing power for this movie. Very true. Very true. The uh, the the performance that got me, like really got me, was Mark Rylance as the 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 tech guy, the the Bash CEO. Oh my goodness! He that character was so annoying. He was utterly infuriating, but Mark Rylance's performance was perfect. Oh my god! I was just I was so tickled when I figured out that it was him in that role, because I just didn't expect it. And so I was so pleased every time he came on screen, even though I hated the character. I was like, Mark Raylance, you are doing a phenomenal job, sir. Uh, please just keep doing what you're doing, because everybody else in this movie sucks yes. other than you. So thank you for making just a great job. His fantastic moment when all of the uh, explosions in the mission are just going totally <laughs> wrong. He's like, yeah. how, how many more? <laughs> You're just like, oh my goodness, the man <laughs> is so disconnected from what he's building. <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved that's a, and that's one of the things that I loved about this movie is how much it is commenting on these very real factors at play in our current mm -hmm. our current society, like the the amount of power and domination that tech will have and already has is beyond what we can even imagine. You know, that whole conversation that he has with um, Dr. Mindy's character. And he says, like, I have, like, 19 years worth of data on you. Like, I know when you're going to die. All my algorithms have figured out. Like, there's there's underlying truths to um, how much personal data is being captured by tech companies. And, you know, this movie is, again, as we mentioned, touching on so many of these very important topics. Um, that are are worth are worth showcasing. I wish that they had maybe been a little bit more focused with it, but they cover a lot of ground. They cover quite a bit of ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The one of the lines that that got me was uh, after they they started the first launch, I think it was, and then the the Bash CEO guy like interrupts and. Or, like, he comes into the situation room or, or something like that. Like, he's in an area that he's not supposed to be. And the line is, he's a Platinum Eagle-level yes. donor. He has full clearance. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. There is so much truth in that. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's these little moments of brilliance where I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. You just nailed that. But you have to mine for those through mm -hmm. all of this just shallow, mean-spirited, not funny jokes. And that's just, it's unfortunate because there's so much good there and it's just squandered. So we, this movie just needed to reel itself in a little bit more. Yes. And it would have been the right level of, of comedy, of, of exposition, mm -hmm. of, of uh, plot building. Just a real, yeah. real at it. It's almost like the volume on the comedy just turned up a little too much. Yeah, like, you know, like, when you're in, like, a group of friends and you're all kind of, like, similar, but then you have that one friend who will just, like, keep making jokes and he'll just keep going. And then, like, the group <laughs> of friends will just keep, like, egging him on and, like, it just keeps yes. building, but it's not yeah. getting any funnier. And so if you're on the outside looking in, it's just like, I don't understand, but y'all are having a great time, but this actually isn't all that entertaining. Like, mm -hmm. that's what this movie is. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I think what this also what this movie also um, maybe missed or didn't understand was that the resonance of 
things that feel so true to us is funny in and of itself. You know what I mean? Like Ariana Grande Mm -hmm. singing Just Look Up and everyone tweeting about it and this is her way to take a stand and the political arena. Like that, there's something that's resonant about that and we will laugh because we can see those connections and there's something that just resonates as like, oh yeah, that's so true. That that's funny in and of itself. Like there doesn't need to be the punchline and the the scene or um, that bit of dialogue that we like build up to. Just that situation enough is funny for us because it's resonant. And there are so many moments that could have been like that. They kind of just like overdo it. They like go take that and like go a little bit extra. And the extra is what makes it a little bit um, no longer pleasant. Mm-hmm. And then there are these other moments where, like, the response is so unexpected that it makes it funny. So, like, when the the FBI comes to Dr. Mindy's house and his wife is just like, oh, hey, there's some people here for you. And he comes down the stairs yeah. and she's standing there surrounded by the FBI. Like, her <laughs> response was so not normal that that moment mm-hmm. was hilarious. It was mm-hmm. one of one of my favorite moments because it was just <laughs> so unexpected. So, again, like, these these little different types of humor that they could have woven throughout to to have kind of an eclectic mix of humor rather than just bad SNL reject jokes just constantly. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. that's not what we needed in our lives right now. Yep. That's so true. That volume of comedy, I think, works for the the short sketch segments. Mm-hmm. And, and just used well. You know, like the 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 SNL sketches are so well written, and they they go through so many different revisions and tweaks, and there's a lot that goes into that. But they have to be crafted well and used wisely. And I I don't think that Adam McKay um, has mastered that at all. Nope. Got a mind <laughs> for them. They were there. They're just mm-hmm. surrounded by lots of other yeah moments. Yep. So this denouement ending of this movie where they show up uh, on this new planet Ugh, and Meryl Streep dies, just the cherry on top of <laughs> this chaotic movie already. I found that so strange. I don't know why they included it in there. They should have cut that out. It doesn't yeah. add anything. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't even get it. I, yeah. Was this supposed to be the future? I think it said 22,000 years from yes. now or something like yep. that. Yep, so they went into their little pods. These were all like the rich people that could get yep. away. And so yep. then they come back to to Earth now that it's like rebuilt or there's another planet oh. somewhere or whatever. They just find a location to live. And uh, yeah, then she gets eaten by a dinosaur. So Which I think it's it's supposed to be that like that release moment for the previous joke yeah. they've set up. It's just, it's not funny. It's not yeah. funny and it's weird as hell. And I mean, I just, I don't need to see a bunch of old people butts. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't need to see that. Touché. Like, Touché. I, I, who benefited nope. from that? Also, <laughs> I just, I never want to see Meryl Streep like that. Like, are you kidding me? She is absolutely incredible, and she's a phenomenal actress, and I didn't want to see Meryl <laughs> Streep's butt. But nope. here we are. So 
Thanks, I Adam McKay. My family and my father is the biggest oh, Meryl no. Streep fan. And oh I'm no, like, this is not this is not what you expected, Father. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> She's just being a silly lady for the whole time. <laughs> oh man. So, how yeah. did your parents? Uh, what did they think of this? Uh. They felt like some parts were resonant. I mean, mm-hmm. not, that's kind of undeniable. So they appreciate those bits. But overall, I think it was just like a total ridiculous romp. Yeah. We had some good laughs and that was about it. Yeah. I, I do have to admit, though, the so the mid credit scene, hated, awful, traumatized, scarred. It's fine. The post credit scene. Of, oh, I didn't watch the post credit scene. Oh, Jen. Was that it great? one was better. I'm okay. not going to say that I'll it was great. It. Okay. it was it was better. It was funny. All I would right. say. What happens in it? Um basically Jonah Hill with his purse crawling out of <laughs> rubble just confused as to what's going on and then just going, "Mom? Mom?" <laughs> and that was it. Oh. <laughs> See, that's that's great. See, I, I, I felt like that. that was a good. That was a good one. Yeah. Not the mid-credits scene. That should have been scrapped. Well, and it's great because, as you mentioned earlier, we see the last time we had seen him was this, like, down moment where he feels like yes. he's abandoned by his mama. Yep. So it finishes that that uh, trajectory that it's already begun where we're down in the valley and now they've ended it on, like, a lighter note. And so it works. You know, mm-hmm. there's, like, a contrast there that feels fun and exciting and fresh. Yeah. Because we saw him wallowing when Meryl <laughs> Streep realizes she left him behind. That moment was also funny, where she that was, was like, "Who? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's on brand." Yikes! <laughs> well, the star power in this movie is undeniable. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's part of why there's probably so many eyeballs on this movie. I think it's um, doing quite well on. Uh, Netflix list of like most watched films um, last I saw I think it was doing quite well on that list so clearly people are watching it I don't blame them there's a huge cast there's quite a bit of hype Adam McKay's made some great things that people love so um, I think this the star power of this movie though is helping it get seen a lot even you know before watching this I kind of knew there was pretty mixed reviews on it but there's kind of a curiosity, you know, you want to experience it yourself. So they, uh, they've invested, they've spent a lot of money on hiring these celebrities and uh, I think it's working out for them. And, you know, after, after watching this, I started thinking about like these large ensemble casts because at, at the beginning of Don't Look Up, when they're going through everybody who is in this film, I was asking myself, okay, who isn't in this? Because at this point, you just have so many names. It feels like all of Hollywood is in this film. But, you know, I don't know that I I love ensemble films at this point. I think sometimes they can work. There are the there are the rare films like like Ocean's Eleven, where you have tons of star power and it mm. works. I think most of the time it doesn't. Uh Mm, so I, I think I'm yeah. maybe it's just like I'm getting older and I'm just going like, nah, I don't need all of these celebrities in my movies. But <laughs> I just I I don't know. They're just not as appealing to me. I, I think a lot of times these 
ensemble films can get stretched so thin uh, and the characters become so uninteresting because all of these stars need so much screen time that it just becomes not fun. Or I just see the actor instead of seeing a character. So I, I think after watching this, I'm I'm just considering <laughs> ensembles in a whole new light and just going, mm. hmm, maybe this is just not the type of film for me. <laughs> That's fair. It can often be a crutch. Like yeah. they know people are going to go out and see this. Yeah. You know? I mean, we just talked about Red Notice a while ago. It's not an ensemble mm-hmm. cast, but they they know big names. they have the star power. Yeah. 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 And I think especially like a certain type of celebrity too as well that's specifically chosen for these types of movies. You know, mm-hmm. they're not the yeah. – the the typical celebrities they are clearly people with a lot of that movie star status they've got a lot of charisma they're great in interviews people generally feel connected to them those are the ones that they typically choose for this type of movie and um it's sometimes it's it's usually difficult to see past the actor in those types of roles mhm yeah yeah hmm. oh well <laughs> Marketing man. Yep, yep. The machine will keep the machine just will turning. So well, I think especially this being a streaming platform release too. Like it's kind yeah. of a no brainer. People are gonna click on it and put it on on like a Wednesday night or whatever to mm-hmm. check it out. You know, there's nothing, no sunk costs really. Yeah, and and what fascinates me in particular about Don't Look Up is just the response to this because I remember like before it came out I was seeing all of these uh like critic reviews of like oh my god this movie is trash it's so bad yada yada blah 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 and I was like oh my gosh we're gonna roast a movie this is gonna be amazing and then it was actually released and I remember the day that it came out my twitter feed was just full of everybody going like oh my god don't look up da 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 and like Everybody that I'm following was talking about Don't Look Up with levels of satisfaction. You know, some people loved it and some people were like, ah, it's fine, but I had a good time. So it was just so interesting to see such a clear disconnect between like regular people who enjoy watching movies and then like the critics. And Mm -hmm. I, I was just so unprepared for that. And I was surprised that this movie fit that bill you know Mm -hmm. I just I didn't expect it and I'm still not quite sure what to make of that but there's a very stark contrast between the two yes yes and then there's the few like uh not movie critic people that will post on their Instagram story and be like does anybody else like this too (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what um I I and I wonder if part of it is like calibration of what to expect from this movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think for me, the first 20 minutes were like my calibrating time. It took me a while, you know? But after I accepted what this film was, it's just, you just are on along for the journey and get on the ride and buckle up and then get off. But I I wonder if part of the hyper expectation for what this film was going to be maybe have changed how people have viewed it you know like as people know more about had I known a little bit more about this movie before watching it I think I would have been a little bit more prepared for it Mm -hmm. I I also think that um 
it's the difference between like somebody who watches movies for a living and somebody who just like casually watches movies throw it on um because you know like if you're if this is your world then you've watched really good satire and you know these different movies that adam mckay is borrowing from and I would say in some senses like bastardizing. Um, and so it's almost this like personal affront because you're like, no, mm-hmm. you're you're misusing these things or or this concept has been done better this way or, you, you know, you're in the world. Whereas maybe if you haven't seen some of these other films, if this is not like your life, then it's like, oh, yeah, that was fine. Like I had a good time. I laughed at some mm-hmm. jokes. Great. Yep. Yep. Like does this satisfy the... Mm-hmm. Wednesday night <laughs> yeah. post dinner after a long stressful day at work like you know light-hearted entertainment mm-hmm. hour two hours oh, or window of God. time you know yeah. if yes then like all right did its job you know um and I think and, and we've had this similar conversation with a lot of Netflix films that have gone straight to the platform and were kind of mediocre and could have been better but didn't really meet the mark and so now we're left with like okay how do we like what do we do with this movie <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yep but it it made money so yeah netflix will consider that a win even though yep. this was not a great movie at all no <laughs> yeah and i think red notice is like squarely in the same category as this movie like does it do the job of like keeping you entertained for a few hours sure is it great cinema not not really mm-hmm. yep well <laughs> uh here we are <laughs> yeah i think this is just gonna continue to be you know something that we just experience because mm-hmm. i mean netflix isn't going away you know streaming isn't going away and so i i think we'll 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 have moments of brilliance from yes. Netflix, such as The Harder They Fall. Everybody Power go the watch dog. The Harder They Fall and go watch The Power of the Dog. You might be I traumatized, but it was Power so the dog good. after a long day at work. Oh no, that's not no. the movie I would choose. <laughs> but I but I think in order to <laughs> get like those yeah. moments of brilliance, you know, we have to have things like Don't Look Up and mm-hmm. and Red Notice mm-hmm. and commerce think, and art. Yeah, it's it's just it's unfortunate and and I get it, you know. We live in a capitalist society, people do this to make money. Totally understand. But mm-hmm. I just I wish that even the movies that are made just to make money are better than this. I don't know. And, Maybe I have an and, unrealistic you know, standard. That, that's a no, that's a good it's a good point because there have been movies that can appeal to the masses, are great fun, are are they like quality like cinema that will last for the generations maybe no but it's it's still it's doing what it does well and it it meets a certain bar you know and uh it appeals to the masses it's a good time it's good entertainment and this this is like uh it kind of takes parts of that but um does other things that just really don't work so i think to your point there can be uh, pieces that are created to serve the commerce purpose, but are still better than maybe what we got here, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because I mean, with all the star power attached to this, 
this really should have been a lot better than it was. Like, yep. I mean, like Adam McKay is a good director. He's a good writer. He's proven that he can produce really good stuff. He also sometimes mm-hmm. produces really bad stuff. But I don't know. This, it just should have been better. Yep. But yep. alas, here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, shall we wrap up? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Okay. Well, this is our review and discussion of Don't Look Up. You can find it available to stream on Netflix. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about Don't Look Up. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss actually another Netflix film, but one that we've heard some great things about, Tick, Tick, Boom. We hope you have an amazing weekend. We will see you soon. Thank you.